This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Boone, and today on the program, we've got an MLB trade deadline special. My guest today, my former general manager with the Cincinnati Reds, he actually traded me. I currently host Inside Pitch on MLB Network Radio and is a columnist for The Athletic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jim Bowden to the program. Jimmy, thanks for coming on. How come you don't remember that I traded for you? Like, I dealt Dan Wilson to Seattle to get you, and all you remember is me trading you for Denny Nagel? It's better what is TV. that? Jim, you know, it's better TV. It's a better it's a better uh, storyline. We can because that brings mom into the equation. Dad, how dad said it's a good trade. Mom's yelling at you. Yeah. Well, first of I all, do leave your that dad wanted out. to make the trade. We needed a starting pitcher. So he's my assistant supporting me trading his own son. And then your mom wouldn't talk to me for a year. So there was a lot of drama, but I like to remember when I traded for you. And we had you and Aaron in the same infield with Barry Larkin. I mean, how cool was that? Do you remember when you traded me what my reaction was? Because I remember what my reaction was. You were glad you got to go to the Atlanta Braves. I was. People had a chance to win. People in this day and age, they, they take things as, oh, how could you trade them? How could you not? I looked at it at that point in my career. I was coming off a pretty good year, and I thought, this is business. And I looked across the table who I was traded for at the time, Denny Nagel. If he was anywhere but Atlanta, he was a number one anywhere else in the league. And I'm, I'm thinking, I don't feel bad. Every Oh, how do you feel about being traded? I said, I just got traded for a number one, an ace of a staff. I said that I look at it as a compliment, not a negative. You're right. I got to go to Atlanta. I got to go to my first World Series. I only was there for a year, but uh that was a part of it. That was a part of my journey. And and we laugh about Jimmy trading me and playing that game and mom being upset. But in the end, it was good business. And just like it was when you traded for me, I never took a personal in Seattle. Uh, when, when they traded me to the Cincinnati Reds, I said, I looked at it as the Cincinnati Reds really wanted me. They gave up a, uh, a guy who ended up being the next decade catcher for the Seattle Mariners. David Valley was getting ready to to move on and and they needed a young stud. Danny Wilson was number one pick and ended up being their anchor for a lot of years. I got reunited with Danny in, in 2001 and uh, 
we played on some pretty good teams together in those early 2000s. But yeah, I love opening it with that. My mom wouldn't have it any other way. But in the end, it was it was good business, and and I enjoyed my time uh, at all the places I stopped. Uh, Cincinnati being my my kind of my second favorite. And I don't know if it's my second favorite, but it's it probably happened in the 90s. 2000s more fresh. I had my big years in Seattle, but Cincinnati was a definitely a, a huge part of my career and my developing stage, actually. All right. Let's get to it. Shoei Otani. Of course, we got to open the show with that. Um, how'd we get here? What's Perry thinking? Um, at this point in the season, we're five days, we're five five days going to be four days away from that trading deadline and he's the top he's he's the guy he's grabbing the headlines right now I personally have my feelings I don't think he's going to be traded what does Jim Bowden say well he's not going to be traded I mean in fact they've actually completely taken him off the trade market and this is one of the biggest mistakes one of the biggest blunders in Los Angeles Angels history Brett Uh, Because the reality is, this is not a playoff team. Now, last night, they traded for Lucas Giolito of the Chicago White Sox. They traded two of their top five prospects to get Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez. And both of these guys are free agents at the end of the year. So they're rentals. Two of your top five prospects. Now, let's be realistic. Since Shohei Otani arrived in Los Angeles in 2018, the Angels have never played 500 ball. They've been below 500 ball every year. And you'll see in October... This year will not be any exception. Now, they've had a pretty easy schedule because they ended up sweeping the Yankees at home. Then they had the Pirates and the Tigers. And so they're feeling good. They're within striking distance. So they've decided to pull them off the trade market, and they're going to go try to win with Otani and then try to sign them. Anybody that's looked at the Angels' schedule, they will see between now and August 26th, they have the hardest schedule of any team in baseball. And by the time you get to August 26, they're going to be 10 games out. And they're going to regret not trading Otani. If they traded Otani, they would get back the biggest return we've ever seen for a rental player in the history of baseball. Because if someone's trading for them, imagine if Lucas Giolito gets two of your top five prospects. What does Otani get? I mean, Brett, Pedro Martinez said it best during the All-Star game. He said trading for Otani is like trading for Pedro Martinez and Albert Pujols. You're getting an ace and a middle-of-the-order impact bat, a unicorn, the best player in the history of baseball. The Angels would have got six to eight top five caliber prospects. That organization would have been rebuilt in one trade for the future. They have a very weak farm system. They don't have a lot to trade at the major league level. They've got a lot of bad contracts on the books, including Anthony Rendon. And here was a pathway to build for the future. This was their opportunity. Now what's going to happen? They don't make the playoffs. Otani gets to free agency. Someone's going to offer him $550 to $600 million. He's going to leave the Angels. They're going to get a singular draft pick at the end of the first round, and they're going to wish they had traded him. That's my take. I think I, I think there's definitely some some credibility to that. I, I look at this team. I look at how the the American League is set up. And you're right. For me, watching that Angel ball club, that recently they played better. I think they've won six or seven. Um, but they're coming in the tough part of the dog days of summer. And I just look up and down that, that roster. And, and you're right. I look at the other teams in fighting for those playoff spots. There's 12 spots. There's six spots in each league. Now, most we've ever seen before. It still doesn't make it easy and a shoe in for the angels. It's almost like Artie Marino and, and 
who knows who's I, I I don't know I don't I don't know the intricacies of the angels and how they actually work but it's almost like they said we've got to prove to show hey we're going for it maybe posture ourselves giving us the best chance to re-sign him what do you think of the possibility let's let's take the trade deadline out of it and my point was this when everybody's talking about show hey, oh he's going to leave he's going to leave he's going to leave if all the money's the same. And we as players, I know I went through a career. I went through the beginning when I'm trying to establish myself, the middle part of my career, the end of my career. You get to a point where, okay, I'm established. I've done this. I've done that. But, man, it's time to win now. I get that as a player. But should we just dismiss the Anaheim Angels because he's to the point where, oh, are we going to win or not? People forget that when he was coming to America, he angels wasn't his only choice. He had a lot of choices. He had the pick of the litter. He could have probably gone pretty much anywhere he wants. He chose Anaheim for a reason. So to dismiss them in the free agent pool as, oh, he's leaving Anaheim. Is that premature or is that something he's at a point now where he wants to go to a proven winner that's going to try to win every year? Yeah, I'm not going to dismiss Anaheim. I would never dismiss any team. All it takes is one owner to put a ridiculous offer in front of a player and he may change his mind. But he's represented by CAA and Nesbolello. And Shohei Otani has told his agents he wants to win. That's the most important. He knows he's going to get paid no matter where he goes. He wants to win. The other thing that we know about him, he likes the West Coast. Okay? He prefers the West Coast over New York because I know there's a lot of people trying to put him with the Yankees or the Mets. Do you know where he spent two of his off seasons? You do know because it's your former team, Seattle. He loves Seattle. The Los Angeles Dodgers are under the luxury tax. They've been very careful what they spent. They let Trey Turner walk away because they've been targeting Shohei Otani. So you ask me, if you're Shohei Otani and his agent, and by the way, his agent, Nesbolo, has a house up, up near Dodger Stadium as well as Orange County. He's got two homes, all right? And, and they like having their clients nearby. But if you're Otani, you have a choice between the Dodgers or Angels. Which organization will give him a better chance to win over the next five years? You and I both know the answer. It's yep. the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, if I were trying to re-sign Otani, this is what I would have done. I would have traded Otani, and I would have told Shohei, I'm trading you because it's going to give me a better chance to sign you because if I get yeah. six to eight players for you and my organization is better, I can show you the path to winning, and then I'll sign you in November. And I think if you had been transparent with him, I think he would have bought into that. That would have, A, allowed him to get to the playoffs this year. Number two, remember what you did for him, and then you would show how you're going to get better because if you don't make the playoffs – and this script plays out like I do, because I personally think both Houston and Texas are better than the Angels, and I can argue the Mariners are too. And I think all of the American League East teams, quite frankly, are better than the Angels as well. So I don't see the pathway for them getting into the playoffs, even with expanded playoffs. So I just think this is a huge decision gone wrong. And for Otani, look, San Francisco is going to play on them. Seattle is going to play on them. The Dodgers, maybe even the Padres. It's going to be fun to watch what happens in free agency. But for the Angels, you just traded two of your top five prospects for a starting pitcher that's got an ERA of 3.7? Two of your top five prospects? So now what's left in your farm system? Hmm. Jimmy, I think that I think that's a great point that not too many people have thought about. You're right. I mean, what if we're completely transparent? What if, what if we go on Jim Bowden's boat and have a nice talk after a ball game? No, exactly. I think it's you sit down. Ownership, 
general manager, manager, Phil Nevins there, whatever it may be, and you come over this plan and say, here's what we're going to do, Shohei. We're going to give you an opportunity to play. We want to prove to you how much we want to build a winner here year in and year out. We know you love the area. We know you love living. You know, he's right there by Newport Beach. It's a great place to hit. Obviously, he likes hitting there. He likes mound there, which sometimes they don't put into the equation when when a player when all the monies are equal uh, we start thinking about where do we hit good where do we see the ball good where where, where do we want to raise our kids all these things are positives for for the uh for the LA Angels but to to put it that way to them and say we're going to trade you we're going to build this system up we're going to start going for it year in and year out believe me we want to have you show he might think wow that's a good that's a pretty good plan i can go have a playoff run you know, get my first taste of postseason play, and then I like my chances coming back here to 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 Anaheim to play for the Angels. I haven't thought about that, but that I think that's a great way to go about it. As a player, I know I would really appreciate the complete transparency. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you and I went through it. I mean, you got to just be honest and upfront, and you know, deal with the truth. And I think players respect that, understand that, and it's easier for them to work through their decisions when an organization is up front with them. Uh, the interesting point you brought up with the Seattle Mariners, obviously Ichiro mania started when I came back there in, in 2001, I, I lived through that. I saw how crazy city of Seattle went for, for a, a player like Ichiro. Now Ichiro is kind of the first position player that really broke through, became a star, going to be a hall of famer. Um, does a guy like Shohei, he probably grew up watching Ichiro. Ichiro is the biggest thing in Japan, maybe with Sadahara O and Ichiro being the two. Now you've got a third to deal with. I, I, I'm not discounting you, Darvish. He's had an unbelievable career. Hideo Nomo, who kind of blazed the trail. But let's be honest, Shohei, you opened the segment with saying probably the greatest player of all time. What he's doing on both sides, uh, I can't disagree with you. It's it's phenomenal. Um but we were we were both at the All-Star game here recently and and it was a long 5 days we were texting back we didn't get a chance to 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 catch up but i remember at the end we went out and and the final the All-Star game was about to start uh our 2001 team got recognized before the game i was down there with my buddies i find i got up to the suite and i'm having some dinner it's the beginning of the game's already started i'm exhausted and i get thrown out of my seat by that chant in Seattle, chanting for Shohei. And I got up and walked out and said, oh my goodness, this is unbelievable. I wonder how much that's playing on him. The Ichiro factor, the fact that you said he's lived there two off seasons now, the city of Seattle would embrace him like no other. But once again, they got a little problem too. Like the Angels, they haven't exactly been the model for winning up there in Seattle. So what do you think those chances are? I think Otani changes that by himself. The one thing Jerry DePoto, the GM of the Mariners, has done, he's built a very strong young rotation that's sustainable. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're talking about Logan Gilbert and George Kirby and Bryce Miller and, and Wu to go along with Louis Castillo, that's a strong five-man rotation. Jerry always puts together good bullpens. The only problem with the Mariners team is they can't score runs. They don't have a good offense. They don't get on base. They don't create traffic. They have power but they don't have enough traffic. But can you imagine Otani and J-Rod and Julio Rodriguez in the, in the two, three spots of that lineup for the next seven years, eight years, what, 10 years, whatever it's going to be? Uh, pretty easy to build a lineup around those two guys. 
Um, and if I'm Otani and I'm trying to compare the Mariners to the Angels, it's a no-brainer where I want to go. Um, Otani's a difference maker. He and J-Rod next to each other it would be so fun to watch. Great personalities. He loves the city. And remember this, Seattle put up the money for Robinson Cano. I mean, they, they broke records with that contract. The money's there. And they purposely were quiet this past offseason. They are planning at this trade deadline, a little buying, a little selling, but, but they're saving their money like the Dodgers because they see the pathway for Otani. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The two front runners to land Otani are the Dodgers and the Mariners. It's really interesting, the Mariners coming in. And I can't help to say, as a player, uh, everybody loves Shohei Otani right now, of course. He knows that. He he hears it every city he goes to. But at an All-Star game, the biggest stage, getting that type of an overwhelming reception plays on your emotions as a player. Sure. It's like, well, I you know, I'm considering Seattle, Shohei Otani. Oh, my gosh. Now that gives you goosebumps like, Wow, I was considering it. I'm considering a little more right now. The love that I'm being shown here in Seattle. It was it was really kind of a moving moving tribute. I mean, I didn't I don't get out of my seat for anything. I was eating a hot dog because I always have hot dogs at, at a ball game and I don't go to too many ball games. But uh it was it was pretty special. It's gonna be interesting to see uh where that path leads. And by the way, uh the zero percent on six hundred million. Which is the which is the state tax in Seattle? Don't discount that. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money when you're talking thirteen to zero over six hundred million. And for the people that say, "Oh, well, six hundred million, who cares?" That's a lot of money. That's a lot of All zeros. Money. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're getting to the deadline. As a general manager, this close to the deadline, what's your day look like? Yeah, well, first of all, there's no sleep, and you've got to make sure you have a lot of coffee or Red Bull or Celsius because you're going to need it around the clock between now all the way until that 6 p.m. deadline on August 1st. Now, keep in mind for the GM, this is the most important time of the year for you, more than the winter meetings, more than any other time. This is the only time of year where the GM or team president is more valuable than the star player. It's the only time all year. Um, and this is the time you have to step up because if you don't make a trade by 6 p.m. on August 1st, you can't improve your organization again until the World Series is over. You can't make any trades anymore. There's no waiver trades. You're not going to sign any free agents. All you can do is promote guys from the minor leagues. So this is your last shot. And if you don't do anything to improve your team's chances of getting to the playoffs or winning a division or winning a World Series or having the best record, or if you don't take this opportunity to rebuild your organization for future years, then you've blown it. This is your shot. So a lot of pressure on you. And you've got to really be ready with all your department heads. You've got to be with your amateur scouting department, your professional scouting department, your analytic department, your finance, your PR the major league field staff. I mean, you, you got to be in daily communication with your owner as you work through this. And then you have to be in contact, not just with the five or six teams you're working trades on, 
you got to be in contact with the 29 other teams because you don't want to all of a sudden uh, see someone traded and you didn't know about it. You, you don't want to be left on the outside looking in and go, well, I had no idea that guy was going to be available. And the only way you know is you've got to touch base with all 29. Now, it doesn't have to be a phone call. You know, this generation texts, and that's fine. But you can't. You, you really shouldn't sleep over this time period. Get a few hours here and there. But this is grind time. And this is communication time, and you've got all your rankings, and you know what you're willing to trade, not willing to trade. You, you've, you've got your rankings of, you know, if you need a shortstop, you've got your 11 shortstops on the board. You want to try for number one and go all the way down the list. Just like the Dodgers yesterday when they acquired Ahmed Rosario. Wasn't their first choice for shortstops. It probably was choice number four or five. But for the price of Noah Syndergaard, yeah, we'll make that deal. Money's the same. Syndergaard's not getting anybody out for us. I know Rosario's having a bad year. He's got a minus war and a well below average OPS plus, but it's an upgrade over Rojas. So it's worth making the deal. It wasn't their top target, right? They would have rather have had Tim Anderson from Chicago. Uh, but at the end of the day, the job is to make your team better. It doesn't have to be by yards or feet. Sometimes an inch or a centimeter is enough. And that's what the Dodgers did yesterday. They didn't prove their team by a lot, but a centimeter, yeah. If that wins you one game, that may be the difference between winning the division or finishing in second. Uh, I can take the angle on the player side, on the general manager side. You've been on, you've been the general manager on, on, on really good teams, on mediocre teams and on not so good teams. There's a difference when you get to the trading deadline, those good teams that are gonna, gonna push that playoff envelope. Do you, do you as a general manager consider the psyche of the, of the 25 now 25, 26 guys in that room downstairs. Cause as a player, I'm telling you, I've been on some winning teams. I've been on some playoff teams. I've been on some, some championship caliber teams. And I'll tell you when it gets to the trading deadline, don't think that those players aren't sitting in that room thinking, okay, what's management going to do? Do they have our back? Do they have our back? Some years been pleasantly surprised. Like, wow, we went out, we go for it. That, that shoots a little bit of adrenaline into that clubhouse from a player's perspective and quite the contrary, those years where we, I needed maybe certain teams I was on, we needed one piece and the trading deadline came and went. And it's almost a, you come to the ballpark the next day and it's almost like you're looking at your, your teammates going, well, guys, it's us against the world. So there is a difference from a mentality standpoint. Do you take that in consideration as a general manager when making these decisions? 100% Booney. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of people come to me and and ask me, what was the pinnacle of your career? You know, was it being part of the 90 world championship team? Was it trading for Ken Griffey Jr.? And I said, oh, no, no, no. The My best moves ever as a general manager occurred in 1995 at the trade deadline. We were in a neck-to-neck -neck race with the Houston Astros, and we were up by one or two games, and we were going back and forth, and it was a fight. And we needed starting pitching. And if I didn't get starting pitching at the trade deadline, we weren't going to win the division. We weren't going to make the playoffs. And within an eight-day period, I traded for David Wells, Mark Portugal, and Dave Burba, and we blew Houston out, and we ended up in the NLCS against the Atlanta Braves in 1995 being able to trade for three starting pitchers in eight days that impact it had in the clubhouse you know forget the how the pitchers helped us the rest of the way the impact it had on the players when i would walk down to the clubhouse and and i sat there and got you three starting pitchers booney you know what that's like you, you yep. can imagine the love i got in that clubhouse because you know what they knew the front office cared by yeah. the way they knew the owner cared 
because the owner was willing to spend the money to get it done. The GM was willing to, to trade a lot of talent to get it done. And you know what that means in the clubhouse. It changed everything. And it wasn't just about the impact the starters had. You know, in that in one of those deals, I also got a gold glove center fielder. So all of a sudden, the defense was better up the middle, which was significant as well. So that was the highlight of my career, was able to come through at the biggest time, the biggest moment. And oh, by the way, it also happens the other way around. When, when you have to be a seller, um, and I remember uh, when I traded Jeff Shaw for Paul Canerco, I was at the deadline. We had, we, we had to go the other way. Ownership needed to reduce payroll, and I traded Shaw for Canerco. That was a big moment long-term because I would eventually trade Canerco for Mike Cameron and Mike Cameron for Ken Griffey Jr. If I didn't make that trade, the initial trade of a reliever, Jeff Shaw, I don't end up with Ken Griffey Jr. So the deadline is way more important for GMs than people give credit for or understand. This is their time to shine. The way they've changed the deadline, the the on the map, uh, on the <laughs> on the calendar, is that more challenging than it used to be? Um, I think what's more challenging than it used to be is the fact that you can't do waiver trades in August. You know, if you remember, that's how Justin Verlander got traded and won a world championship, right? Um, right. To take that element away, I like it, and the reason I like it, Booney is it tells all 30 teams, if you don't make that trade at the deadline, you can't make another trade. And before, teams would say, yeah, you know, let me wait till August 15th, see if I'm in it, and then we'll make a waiver trade because I can I can get guys through waivers with gentleman agreement and stuff like yeah. that. And it just wasn't good for the game. So I, I actually like the rule change a lot. It's interesting you say that. We just had recently had David Cohn on the program, and he mentioned that because the 92, uh, he won a world championship with the Toronto Blue Jays, and he said, Booney, I didn't even get traded at the deadline. They snuck me through the waiver wire. Uh, I agree with you. I think because I think it's so intriguing now. You got two months. This is the last time you can trade uh, in baseball now with the 12 spots for the postseason. It's the, it's the easiest it's ever been to get to the to get to the postseason, not saying it's easiest to win. Now you got a lot of landmines, but I just think the intrigue and the on the edge of your seat uh, for fans in the masses is way better. Now it's better entertainment value. It's too much. You got a lot more decisions to make. You know, if we got another month to think about this, well, teams will eliminate themselves right now. Everybody kind of thinks they're in the, in the hunt. So it makes it more of a, who's going to make, Oh, you, like coming in, you said the angels, you don't think they're going to be a postseason team, but on paper, they're four out in the wild card and you're going, well, do they have a chance? You know, they're telling their guys right now, we do have a chance. So I think it's I think it's great overall for the game of baseball. I'm with you on that. Um, Booney, Booney, you know, it's interesting. Today, 23 of the 30 teams are within seven games of the playoffs. 23 out of the 30. That is ridiculous. And it is so good for the game of baseball to see what the Reds and the Diamondbacks and the Orioles and the Twins and the Guardians, the position all these teams are in, is so good for the sport. And to bring the all the rule changes this year that has shortened the game times, added athleticism to the game, brought the stolen base back, the game is more exciting. It is. And so for the big market teams that used to just go get the aces and the big home run hitters, all of a sudden they're looking around at a different brand of baseball where all of a sudden speed matters, athleticism matters. Mm -hmm. And some of these teams just weren't prepared for that quick transition. But to your point, I agree with it. What makes this trade deadline so unique is there's so few sellers. You have the 
White Sox, the Cardinals, the Nationals, just a handful of teams. And this trade deadline, honestly, Booney has a chance to be a complete dud, you know, because, you know, Giolito may end up being one of the best starting pitchers traded. And he went yesterday. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it actually plays out. But I'll tell you what, I, I would trade a dud trade deadline to have 23 teams with a legitimate chance for the playoffs for the sport in general, because I think it's great for the game. It's great too. And those days of going into to late August and on TV seeing just empty stadiums because their team's so far out of it with the current uh, with the current the way they do things now and the schedule it, it's you don't have those empty stadiums. Everything is a fight down to the wire. It's the best you can do. And now, as as we step away, as I step away, and I'm an ex player and a, and a part of the media and a fan, I love it. It because nobody's out of it. Nobody's going home. You know, most cities 20, 30 years ago, most of the cities in Major League Baseball right now they're already talking football because their team's out of it now. No, it's baseball all over the place, and and football gets a later start date. I think I think it's great from uh, the game that that we both love so much. Uh, okay, let's get down to it. Who's buying? Who's selling? You mentioned the, the, the most intriguing for me are those middle-of-the-road teams, those teams that eh, we're not in it, but we're not out of it. It's like, what do you do? Uh, for Jim Bowden, who's buying? Who's selling? I got my list of some guys. You know, I usually am heavy on the pitching side uh, as far as I, I think they, they're the biggest difference makers. There's the obvious Mets have had a disappointing season. Padres thus far have had a dis- disappointing season. Uh, Cubs have a bunch of intriguing starting pitchers that could potentially be moved. Jim Bowden, who's buying, who's selling? Okay, so what we do know is the White Sox are selling. You saw Giolito get traded. Lance Lynn's going to be next. He'll be traded as well. The St. Louis Cardinals are going to move Jack Flaherty. They're going to move Jordan Montgomery, maybe outfielder Dylan Carlson. They're going to be traded. I think what's kind of interesting are some of the teams you just mentioned that are kind of in the middle, right? We're waiting on the Chicago Cubs. They have both Marcus Stroman and Cody Bellinger, uh, maybe even Drew Smiley that gets traded if they decide to sell. But again, they feel like they're still in the race in the central. If they sell, Stroman's going to opt out of his contract. Bellinger's going to be a free agent. He's going to be comeback player of the year. Stroman and and Bellinger will be two of the most sought-after guys if they are dealt. The Padres right now appear to be buyers. But if that changes on the 1st of August, they could move Blake Snell and Josh Hader. They're not going to move Juan Soto, by the way. But, But Snell and Hader both can be moved. The New York Mets, I don't think, are going to sell. But if someone wanted Max Scherzer and would be willing to take a lot of the contract, I can see the Mets moving on from Max Scherzer. I think Justin Verlander is going to stay. So those are kind of the teams in the middle that we're kind of waiting on. The Nationals are going to sell. They've got third baseman uh, Jeremy Candelario, left fielder Lane Thomas uh, that could be moved, Joey Manessas, Their DH is another guy that they could move. So the Nationals are going to sell. The Tigers are going to sell. That's Eduardo Rodriguez, the left-handed pitcher. They've got a couple of relievers that teams want as well. Uh, so that good possibility they get moved. If anybody wants uh, anyone from Oakland, Tony Kemp, Trevor May, obviously uh, they're going to be in sell mode. They're the one team that uh, no one's going to the ballpark and uh, everybody's up for grabs. It's not a prospect at this point. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a quick summary of what we're looking at right now. But, again, 
23 teams within seven games. So it's going to be interesting. And a lot can change over the weekend. You know, sometimes GMs, owners, they get a little emotional. If all of a sudden someone loses five in a row or wins five in a row, sometimes they pivot. And that's why what you're seeing is a slow evolving trade deadline because teams haven't made their final decision. And look, if you're a team trying to trade for a starting pitcher, Arizona, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland, those four teams want a starter. Well, before I trade for Jack Flaherty with a health risk or Jordan Montgomery, who's more of a third or fourth starter, I need to know if Stroman's getting moved. I need to know if Blake Snell is getting moved because I don't want to trade prospects unless I know I'm getting the best possible starter. So some of these teams have to wait on teams to decide what they're going to do. Those teams out there that are going to make deals, whether they're they're buying or selling, who has the most intriguing farm systems right now in, in Major League Baseball? Well, the Dodgers are loaded, um, and they've got two really good catching prospects, Dalton Rushing, Diego Cartea coming. you got Will Smith in the big leagues at catcher. Uh, the Dodgers have four or five pitching prospects, an outfield prospect named Andy Pages. They've got a lot to trade. Um, but the interesting part is they're trying to stay under one of the luxury tax thresholds because – they're keeping their eye on Otani at the end of this year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the San Francisco Giants are trying to hold on to their prospects. They've had a pretty good system, but they've also worked hard to get it. Farhan Zaidi really doesn't want to empty it. Arizona and Cincinnati both are loaded. So is Tampa. Uh, Baltimore probably has the best farm system. So all four of those teams have the prospects it takes to land the veterans that they need. So, you know, the, these systems pretty strong. Because remember, Brett, this generation of players are developing better than at any other time in the history of the sport because all these colleges have these pitching labs and a great video, and now it's even bleeding to the high school level. So instead of being drafted and taking four years to get to the big leagues, a lot of times you can be drafted out of college and be in the big leagues in a year, two, out of high school, two or three now. You can, you can fly through the systems. Teams are cutting back on minor league clubs uh, because the development in high school and college is so much better than it's ever been before. In the olden days, you'd have to wait to get the professional ball before you could develop. Now all the technology and the minds are at the college and high school level as well. So game really has changed a lot in the last five to seven years. Something as uh, that that's intriguing to me, and, and I've always had this question. Now you lived it. Um, when you're making, everybody thinks of the marquee names. We're talking the Otanis, and and you mentioned a Scherzer. That's what we're we're interested in at the trade deadline. We want to hear the names. Our team, who we get, what star are we get, what star are we parting with. But getting in the trenches and really figuring out when you're making these trades, you got to have a, a grasp on on the minor league systems of the ball club you're going to make a trade with. How do we assign? How do you, as a general manager, assign value to an A-ball player, a double-A player, a triple-A? I can, Brett Boone, I can pick up the paper and say, well, USA or Baseball America says this is the number one prospect. How do I find time in my day to put eyes on all these prospects, or do I lean that heavily on my organization and I have the guys working for me? Um, it's a combination of everything, obviously. I mean, if you're sitting in the GMC, you, you better know your farm system and you better have studied everyone else's farm system because that's your, that's your bloodline. But then you also have to 
You have to depend on your analytic department. You have to depend on your scouts. You've got to depend on the people that have been in the, in, in the player's home or been inside his head and really know. Because as you know, Brett, it's not just about your tools or how you play or how you hit a breaking ball or how you handle the velocity inside, outside, how you cover the zone, uh, your strike zone awareness, how you pick up the ball, your depth perception. It's not just about that. It's a heartbeat. You win with, I've always said, you don't win with baseball players. You win with human beings. They got a heartbeat. They got a brain. You know, Brett Boone, your competitiveness was Pete Rose level. That's what we had in our scouting report. Um, you know, you're a guy that had big heart, high baseball IQ. You know, when I traded for you, I, I knew I knew when I traded Dan Wilson, we knew exactly what he was going to be. And he lived up to exactly what we thought. But we also knew what you were going to be. And we knew the intangibles that you were going to bring to our team, which is important. So we follow every single player from the minute we put an eye on him at age 14, 15, or 16. And then we follow his entire life through the time he's drafted, when he gets the minor leagues, and all the way up. So by the time he gets to 19, 20, 21 years old, whether he's at A, double A, boy, we know that player back and front. And we're always updating the information. Uh, whatever trouble he got in high school, we, you know, we get we have his grades. We, we know his tools, you know, we know how he runs, throws, hits, power. We know what his weaknesses are. We know what his strengths are. We know what he feels like in the clubhouse. And we monitor them because that's our life. You know, it's like the stock market. You don't want to sit there and have all your earnings going into stocks that you don't know everything about the company and who's running the company and what they're working on, right? If you're going to put your own money there, well, it's, it's the same thing in baseball. And so, um, it's, it's a long, tedious process. And nowadays, you know, it's incredible what these organizations can do. You know, you, you push a button on your computer and you can watch everybody's at bats. <laughs> you know how hard the ball hits. You know his first step quickness. You, you, you've, you've got the science of how much range he has. Um, you, you know exactly how he does on breaking balls, fastballs. You, you see the video. You, you've got the science measuring everything that he's done. You look at your computer and you know about his, what his mom did, his dad did, what his brother's doing, what his girlfriend's like. What, what, you know, you got so much detail um, on all these guys that it makes it easier. And, and then, you know, look, as an organization, you put your assessment on what you think the player's going to be. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, there's nothing worse, though, than being wrong on a player. And being wrong on a player will stay with you for life. And I always told people that worked for me that in, in evaluation, always make sure you study what you have sent in as your report and always make sure that you look back a year later, two years later, five years later, 10 years later, and see where you were right and see where you were wrong. That's the only way you're going to get better at evaluating players. Yeah. That's, that's the side of it that, that we don't hear every day. And, it, and it's really great. And I love that people get to hear uh, anybody can, can look at the numbers and say, oh, oh, he's a superstar, but what, what's behind that? What, what I, I need some more, you know, to his, to talk to his character and his, what kind of guy he is, what kind of competitor he is. It's, it's so important, especially at the big league level, you know, uh, of course, talent always plays speed plays uh, bat speed, you know, every, everything plays, but the big leagues is, is the separator. And, and it's a lot about what's inside. I want to play. I, I want to do a hypothetical with you. Jim Bowden's on a uh, obviously playoff bound team right now. Which arms are you going after? You you got carte blanche. You got an order that says, Jimmy, do your job. 
Uh, you need one. You need that one one arm to to complete your roster. Who are you going after right now? Oh, I'm going after Shohei Otani if they're going to trade him. I'll take Otani. Yeah, now. All right, no, no. I, I I set that up bad. Take him out of the equation. He's too easy of an answer. Shohei's off the table, but anybody else? Is Verlander on the table? He is. Anybody but Shohei. Yeah, I'll take JV. I'll take Verlander down the stretch. He's pitching better now. Uh, I I know you know I I, I uh, was with him when he won World Championships. Uh, I I know what kind of competitor he's like. The stuff is still there. It's not like Scherzer who's declining. Uh, JV stuff is still there. So Verlander would be the guy that that I would want if the Mets were to trade him. Now, if they're not going to trade him, um, I, I, Marcus Stroman's having a really good year. And he would definitely be in the mix for me. Uh, if we want to talk about a lesser pitcher that I'd like to take a chance on where I don't have to give up that much, uh, Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals, he's been inconsistent, but he's really tough. I like I like what's inside his head. I like what's inside his his heart. He's he's a he's a mean guy. He's a tough guy coming back from injury. If I didn't have to give up too much, I would take a chance on him. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably the group. Um, but it's definitely Verlander for me if Otani doesn't go. Same scenario. Shohei Otani off the table. You need a bat, big bat, difference maker for your playoff run. Who you taking? Yeah, there's not a lot out there available, but if Cody Bellinger gets traded, uh, I'm going. I'm going with Cody. And I know there are people that were concerned about what happened in Los Angeles. I don't care. Uh, I watched Bellinger when he won the MVP. I watched him when he won Rookie of the Year, and I'm watching him right now with Chicago. And for people that are worried about, look, I don't know what happened in LA, but it was a wake up call that they that they not basically non tendered him. He went to the Cubs to have to, to you know bring his career back, and he's done that. He hits, he, hits, he hits for power at a ridiculous level. What I like about him also, he's a plus defender at four positions. First base, right field, center field, and left field. Plus defender at all four with ridiculous power. He's hitting over 300 as well. Um, and, and look, I, I think he's a bat that can make a difference down the stretch. Regardless of the marketplace, I wouldn't care. I, I, I think Bellinger would be a great fit with the Houston Astros. I think he'd be a great fit with the New York Yankees. Um, I, I think this is a guy that I would be be targeting for sure based on the hitters that could be available. Any teams you seeing out there right now as general manager? And I, I know this is probably a tough question for you because you always want to be active in some capacity. Any team out there you say, I wouldn't touch that team? Status quo. Atlanta. Yeah, the Braves. I wouldn't touch it. Best team in baseball. Not by a little, by a lot for me. You know, I, as you know, I watch every game every night, right? I, I watch the condensed versions, but the Braves are the best team in the sport. I wouldn't touch it. Now, that being said, you know, would I prefer a little upgrade over Pilar to platoon with Rosario and left? Probably. Would I feel better if you can go get me one more relief pitcher? Yeah, probably. Would I feel better if you could get me a depth starting pitcher? Yeah, probably. But I don't want to touch the clubhouse. That clubhouse is really special. They've got every element of the best team in the sport. So if I were to stand pat, the one team that I think can afford to stand pat, Atlanta Braves. Last question, and I want to put it – I'm going to go coast to coast. We're going to start with the Dodgers. Friedman calls you, Jimmy Bowden, and says, uh, all right, we're, we're coming in on this, this trading deadline. You see my ball club. What should I do? Yeah, pitching, pitching, pitching. That's what you should do. Uh, you you got, you got to upgrade that bullpen. That bullpen's not going to be good enough in October. 
And you're going to get to October with the team you have. You're going to go home, though. I'm not going to get to cover you uh, on Halloween because you'll be long gone at Halloween. Uh, you got to do the bullpen. Hopefully, Kershaw is going to be okay to come back. I feel better about getting another starter as well. Uh, you're relying on a lot of young starters that, quite frankly, just aren't major league ready yet, and you're in the middle of what's going to be a close race the rest of the way. Pitching, pitching, and pitching is what the Dodgers need to concentrate. They score enough runs. They can mix and match with the lineup. I'm not worried about them scoring runs. I am worried about the pitching staff. Same scenario. Brian Cashman calls Jim Bowden and says, hey, we're uh, we're two, three games out of this wild card. We're going to make a run. What's your advice? Cash, I want you to pick up the phone. And I want you to call Mike Rizzo. And I want you to trade for Lane Thomas and Jimmer Candelario. Put Candelaria at third and put Lane Thomas in left field, and your offense will improve uh, dramatically. Uh, are they huge pieces? No, but you don't need huge pieces. You're getting Aaron Judge back this weekend. So you're going you're gonna to have Judge, Stanton, Rizzo, LeMay, you got your veteran. You're not getting enough production at third base and left field. Lane Thomas is having an all-star caliber year. I mean, this guy, he's 27 years old. He's figured it out. He can be your left fielder next year as well. Candelaria led the American League in doubles two years ago, and he's having a, a great bounce back year with Washington. Candelario and Thomas, that's what you need. Jim Bowden, this is awesome. The one guy I knew could give give me uh, stuff that not too many people could give me. A lot of, lot of good stuff in there. Uh, a lot of knowledge, a lot of, I, I know how much work you put into to, to this job that you do and you do it so well. I appreciate you, you coming on the Boone Podcast. Always a pleasure. Best of luck going forward. Keep killing it. I'll see you when I see it. For those of you watching or listening to the Boone Podcast, thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Boden approved.